0: Lynn Hiles Ministries presents, Dr. Lynn Hiles, That You Might Have Life. And here's your host, Dr. Lynn Hiles. She would pass away. And y'all getting quiet on me now. And he's reminding them, these are the Lord's own words. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose, and them which also sleep in Jesus God will bring with Him. For this we say unto you by the word of the Lord, that we which are alive and remain, we who are alive and remain unto the coming of the Lord shall not prevent them which are asleep. For the Lord Himself will descend from heaven with a shout and with the voice of the chief angel. Remember how I tied the archangel Michael to Daniel 12? Tied it to Revelation 11. Michael is the one sounding which trumpet? Last trumpet. Here we have the archangel shout the voice of the archangel and the trumpet of God and the dead in Christ will rise first. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air and so shall we ever be with the Lord. Now I'm going to deal with also 1 Corinthians 15 in a moment with this. But but let me let me just let me grab this for you. When I started to look at the scripture, I started to see that this scripture is not talking about a rapture because the word rapture is not mentioned here. It's talking about a resurrection. I think that I have made a pretty strong argument that according to Daniel, according to Revelation 11, it strongly suggests that some kind of a resurrection was going to take place within the scope of that time period, including the fact that it's the archangel that's making these announcements. And what I began to see was, what we don't, let me just talk to you a little bit. You ever been to a funeral? And And you go to the funeral and they're like, Mom went home to be with the Lord. And I'm like, I'm good with that. That helps me. See, Paul's giving this to comfort one another. Mom went home to be with the Lord. And so I'm thinking, okay, thank God Mom's not suffering anymore. And then a few minutes later, he said, but you know, in that great getting up moment, Mom is going to go be with the Lord. And I'm like, well, you told me a couple of minutes ago, Mom went with the Lord while ago." go. And then we get out to the grave, and it's ashes to ashes, dust to dust, and I'm like, what have you done with my mother? Where is my mom? And then we quote old covenant scriptures and new covenant scriptures, and we get confused. The dead know nothing, and they slept with their fathers. Because here's what we forget to look at. Under the old covenant, when you died, you slept with your fathers. They slept. They were waiting on a resurrection, because the resurrection of Christ had not yet taken place. But watch this, in Matthew 27, I think you've got that Scripture, I think I may have given it to you, was it Matthew 27, when Jesus, let me see if I got it here somewhere, did I give you the Scripture in Matthew 27? Yep. Jesus, when He had cried again, with a loud voice, yielded up the ghost, next verse and behold the veil of the temple was rent twain from top to the bottom and the earth did quake and the rocks rent what what and the graves were open you can't say it any clearer than this and many bodies of the saints which slept arose daniel 12 fulfilled this will be christ the first fruits. This is the fulfillment of 1 Corinthians chapter 15. I don't know whether to read all this in 1 Corinthians 15 or not, let me, let me come back here. Let me just say it and then we'll come back and look at the Scriptures. He says, we are in jeopardy, He said but we believe in the resurrection. If Christ is not raised and the dead are not raised then our faith is in vain. But he goes on to say here in 1 Corinthians that he says, I want you to see that there is an order, but every man will come forth in his own order, literally his own rank. And then he says, Christ and the firstfruits. Afterward, they that are Christ at his coming, Greek word parousia, his coming that we're talking about in the clouds of A.D. 70. But see, Matthew 27 is 30 years, or about probably 40 years prior to A.D. 70, so what this first resurrection is, now I don't know about you, but if I was a believer, if I, not a believer, if I was an unbeliever, and the veil of the temple is written from top to bottom, and dead folks start showing up on the streets of Jerusalem, I'm a believer now. I mean, people came out of the graves in fulfillment of the prophecy that Christ and then the first fruits, because the first fruit, and then Paul uses the harvest paradigm all the way through this, sown in weakness, raised in power. But the feast of first fruits was when the first blade would start up out of the ground, and they would take a sheath of corn, and they would walk up and down the streets and wave it as a wave of first fruit offerings, saying, the simple fact that I'm waving this first fruit Is an indicator that there's a harvest coming. So when Christ got up and the first fruits, that was the beginning of the resurrection, was now started and underway. Now, for the next 30 years, the first fruits are all, the next 40 years, the first fruits are all that is raised. Because I've been challenged by people saying, but Paul corrected Hymenaeus and Philetus who came to him and said, you are in error because you say the resurrection is already past. And I've had them bring that up. I promise you I've been challenged by a lot of stuff. And to which I reply, if you're going to quote that, you've got to date it because that was prior to The 70 A.D. parousia where the last trumpet or the coming of the Lord would come in 70 A.D. when the trumpet sounded that you see in Revelation chapter 11, that's when the dead were raised And people came out of the graves, and they were seen, I mean, first of all, they're seen in the city, but now there's a general resurrection. So, in between that time, the resurrection, the general resurrection had not occurred. It was only Christ and the wave of sheath, the first fruit. Those who had slept in the graves came out of the graves, and now they are waiting on this resurrection to occur because we are in the final days of the last days of the scope of these prophecies. Are you tracking with me? And we are waiting on the last trumpet. The last trumpet sounds in Revelation chapter number 11 when the temple right after the temple is destroyed and the Romans siege the city for 42 months and there's a resurrection. And all of a sudden people start coming out of the graves and and there's a resurrection. Now let me let me just say this to you. This is to me this is very personal to me. Because what ha- what, what Paul is saying here is after this resurrection occurs after the dead are raised we're not going to sleep here's the thing he's trying to i want to show you a mystery we're not all going to sleep because under the old covenant they slept with the fathers but for believers from this time on the moment you take your last breath you don't sleep the corruptible puts on the incorruption. The mortal puts on immortality. Come on, somebody! What was sown in weakness, it's raised in power. The moment you take your Barry Lubby is not waiting on some great getting up moment. He's in the amphitheater tonight, cheering us on to the finish line. And let me just tell you something. I know many of this is going. To, this, this will resonate with many of you. I'm almost hesitant to talk about this. But if you've ever been with it, and if you've been in ministry any length of time, and you've ever been with anybody that's dying, or you've ever been with a loved one that's dying, I get tore up thinking about this. My mother passed away in August of 2020. And when she, the last couple of days she was alive, she started talking to people on the other side. If you've ever been with people who are dying, they start seeing the other side and when they start let me just tell you something when your loved ones start to talk to people the other side they're gonna decide if they're gonna stay or if they're gonna go my mother said your daddy's here and he wants me to go with him and grandma Barker's with him he wants me to go with him and climb up on a rock I said she didn't get confused she knew exactly who she was talking about I said mom do you want to go with him she said I'm thinking about it I said well it's your decision if you're in a lot of pain and you want to go and dad wants you to go with him And climb up on a rock. I know who the rock is. She said, well, I want to wait a day or so because Amber is having her baby. And I want to see her baby before I go. I get tore up, man. I'm sorry if I get too tore up here. She said, I want to see Amber's baby. And she said, your daddy's here. He wants to see her too. Wants to see him too. And when Amber had her baby, they FaceTimed my mom because COVID was rampant and they FaceTime my mom and they held the baby up and mom was looking at the baby and she was talking to Amber and she says now hold it up there to, to the side because your daddy is standing behind me and he wants to see the baby now I can't see him but mom can see him one of the little girls that's two years old who've never seen my daddy come running out of my mom's bedroom and she said mommy mommy you gotta come back here Pappy, she said there's a man back there she started describing this man talking to my mom And she described my dead from the top of his head to the soles of his feet. They are not asleep. In the resurrection they are as the angels of God. Are they not all ministering spirits sent forth into the earth to minister for those who shall be the heirs of salvation? Now I am not suggesting that we go try to conjure up or call up the dead. But the Bible is full of visitations because Moses and Elijah appeared to Jesus on the Mount of Transfiguration. The angel that showed John the Revelation said, do not worship me. I am one of your fellow brethren that keep the testimony of this book. And you can call me mad if you want to. But my daddy, before he passed away, when I would walk on his platform, he would hand me a microphone and he would say, preach good boy. And if he was in the congregation right now, he'd be shouting while I'm preaching because he'd shout me down, help me preach a little bit. And he would always say to me, preach good, son, or preach good, boy. I was in Malaysia a few years after my dad had passed, and it was probably one of the highest impact meetings I've ever had outside this country. I was in Malaysia. It was an, uh, a conference that was uh, in an all-inclusive resort. It was 220 rooms, fully double-booked. I'm the only speaker. There are leaders here from Asia, China, Indonesia, Singapore, uh, 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 you know, Philippines, all over Asia. I'm the only speaker in this conference. And when I started to take the platform, you could, you could call me crazy. I don't really care what you think. When I got ready to take the platform, I heard my dad audibly say to me, not in my mind, I heard my dad audibly say to me, Preach good boy. He was cheering me on. Now, I don't know if that gives you any peace or not. And somebody, so I came back home. Let me just tell you, I came back home concerned because I'd had that experience. And I went to several pastor friends of mine because I knew Paul said, that we don't need to intrude into those things and talk to the dead. So that was on my mind. So I went to several pastors. I said, Listen, man, y'all, my, maybe I'm losing my mind, but I heard my daddy talk to me. And this pastor looked at me and he, I said, And Paul said we shouldn't talk to the dead. And this pastor looked at me and he said, That would be true if they were dead. That's what he's trying to say to these people in Thessalonica that's going to give them peace is, I don't want you to be ignorant because so you don't sorrow as others because we're not all going to sleep. We're going to be changed in a moment in a twinkling of an eye. And what happened for all of us in that last trumpet was that from then on, there's not been a believer died in 2,000 years. If that is not true, then Jesus, what He said to, to, at Lazarus' tomb, the hour is coming and it now is. When they that hear the voice of the Son of Man will live and all they that hear will live. But he that lives and believes in me will never die. Do you believe this? Can I tell you that's the kind of never die that I believe. Come on. It's that we do not die. We've already got our resurrection life. Are you hearing what I'm saying? In other words, come on somebody, born twice. Die once, hallelujah. Born once, die twice. But I'd rather live and believe in him. And know that the moment in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, he talks about that. And he says that every man will come forth in his own order. Christ, the first word, afterward, those that are Christ at his coming. And then and then, uh, then come at the end. And he talks about that that uh, he will have delivered up the kingdom to God, that God will be all in all. What he's talking about there is the same thing he was talking about in Daniel, where he delivered the theocratic kingdom of Israel back to God. And God was not only the king of Israel, but now he's both king of Jew and and Gentile. He was God all in all. Somebody said, well, I was kind of hoping for immortality. I, I'm not even saying that's not available because I think that there are one coming, many appearings. In other words, Jesus came just like He said He would. He came in the clouds and He came, come on, and a resurrection took place. And literally, there, let, let, me, let, me, let me read you this. Let me read you this. This is three, three different historic documentations of a literal, physical appearing of the Lord and, and it, it's, this, these, these are all documented by, uh, this, this first one is from Josephus, the War of the Jews. I have the volumes of where it's written at, but it says, Not many days after the Feast of Passover week, somewhere from April 10th to the 17th of 66 A.D. and on, on the, first, on the 21st day of the month, Artemis, May 16th of 66, a certain prodigious and incredible phenomenon appeared, related by those that saw it, for before the setting before the sun setting, chariots and troops of soldiers in their armor were seen running about in the clouds and surrounding the cities in the final days of the siege of Jerusalem, there was physically and literally seen above the temple in the clouds the armies of heaven had followed him on white horses, and voices from under the altar were crying, "We are departing hence. The resurrection of those who were crying, "How long do you avenge us?" was now over. And the days of vengeance were fully executed, and the dead were raised, and they, they, they we are departing, hence, the, the, a voice from under the altar cried, we, we, they were the souls under the altar who were saying, in chapter 10 of Revelation, how long? He said, until the seventh trumpet sounds. And the seventh trumpet sounded, am I making sense? Here's the second, here's the second, that, that's historically documented by the, some of the most respected theologians. Here's the second one a certain figure appeared of tremendous size, which many saw. And before the setting of the sun, there were suddenly seen in the clouds chariots and armed battle arrays by which the cities of all Judea and its territories were invaded. That was by a guy named Pseudo, Hagesippus, translated by Wade Blocker, available from a certain book, and I could give you the documentation on that. Here's the third one. Now, it happened after Passover that there was seen from above over the Holy of Holies for the whole night... The outline of a man's face. Moreover, in those days were seen chariots of fire and horsemen, a great force flying across the sky near to the ground, coming against Jerusalem on all the land of Judea, and all of them horses of fire and riders of fire. That was recorded by Sefer, Josephine, and a medieval history of ancient Israel, translated by Stephen Bowman, chapter 87, The Burning of the Temple. Three separate witnesses who record a physical, literal return and seeing stuff in the clouds just like it was prophesied. I got one clap. Puts the resurrection right in that period of time. Puts us in a position where as believers I know that if this earthly house is is dissolved I have a building of God. I know that my mom is not waiting to get up. She's rock climbing. On her last days, she was confined to a chair, but she's rock climbing now. I have had several experiences where I have seen stuff. I had, when I was 16 years old, I had a visitation of the Lord who told me His Hebrew name. I did not know at the time what His Hebrew name was but said, appeared to me literally in a car. What I'm simply saying is this. Jesus came like He said He would, but He continues to appear. Come on, hallelujah. And, 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 and could, listen, somebody said, well, you don't believe there's a, that there could be. Listen, the only problem I have with a literal six-foot-one, brown-eyed or blue-eyed Jesus is if He comes literally and stays here, where are we going to put Him? Is he going? We're going to put him in the Middle East, where he lives in the temple. And if he does, then I got to go there and see him. In my few moments I had with the president of the United States, it took me a while standing in line to get my opportunity to have an audience with him. Can you imagine the billions of people who would like to see Jesus face to face and if you limited him, he said, it's expedient for you that I go away. If I don't go, the Comforter won't come. It is important for you. And the promise that he made, hallelujah, that he would come just like he went was fulfilled and that everything we've been waiting on we now have available except that in, in the reality of it is we could literally have Jesus walk through the wall today. Somebody said, well, uh, what about, uh, I've had people argue about, well, you know, well, what about, don't you believe in bodily resurrection? Yes, I believe in bodily, I believe we get a body just like Jesus. Not this one. What is sown is not what's raised. My mother does not want that same body she had. I think I want a 33-year-old one, I don't know. But he'll change our vile bodies to be fashioned like his glorious body. And that body could be appear, it could disappear, it could walk through walls, it could eat, it could show up. Listen. Jesus is appearing to many people in many ways. I am not doing away with the Jesus. I'm saying you don't have to wait to see him. Hallelujah. I'm trying to tell you that we got a present reality that right now in this moment, I can come boldly to the throne of grace. I can access his presence and have a private audience with him right now. And somehow that's not enough for us because I don't know if we really get the reality of it because we're waiting on some physical, tangible thing to happen. And you know what? If that happens and I'm wrong about it, I'm cool with that. But I can tell you that the events we try to hang that on are not in our future. I am trying to tell you that the events that we hang that on, if we got to go through hell on earth for seven years first and then that can happen, has already been fulfilled. And what we need to realize is that there is a king right now seated on the throne who will sit there until every enemy has been made his footstool. What I am trying to tell you is that the millennium began right after the tribulation of those days. And we have been in the reign of Christ, defeating enemies and ruling and reigning with him right now. And it is an ongoing reality because I don't think the thousand years are out. Are, are at all a certain amount of time just like he says he owns the cattle on a thousand hills and all the fowls of the mountain are mine. That doesn't mean he don't own the cattle on a thousand one hills. It is a term that means it denotes fullness or or completion. He will set there until every enemy has been brought under foot. And what we uh, must do is begin to wake up and realize we are a part of that ongoing reality, and that the angels of God and those who have gone on before us, according to Hebrews chapter eleven, are in the great cloud of witnesses, and they are cheering us on to the finish line. Hallelujah. And I bet you if I stopped for a moment and took a, a toll, there's some of you who have had some experiences with some of your loved ones. You've either been with them when they were dying and you saw them talking to somebody from the other side, or they've showed up in your dreams. Come on, somebody. I'm okay. It's exactly right. Hallelujah. Yeah, exactly right. I got a new body now. Hallelujah. It is a spiritual body. Come on, it is sown a natural body. It is raised a spiritual body, but it is a body. Same kind Jesus has got. I don't know where his physical body's at because he's not standing in here. So, whatever kind of body that is. See, these folks that got up from the dead in Matthew 27, I don't see them walking around here. But that doesn't mean they're not very much alive. And that doesn't mean that if maybe the veil would be pulled back that may be in the ultimate conclusion of all of this when heaven and earth are completely consummated and come together that veil will be removed and we can see everything like it is or be like Adam where we know angels by their name. Come on. and We can walk with God in the cool of the day and also know the realm of the earth and be able to operate in the earth where we know both realms that we not only are in and out of one or the other but we brought them both together and heaven and earth come together. Hallelujah because in the beginning heaven and earth were together. Genesis 1 verse 6 says thus the heavens and the earth were finished and all the host of the, not 1 6 but Genesis 1 6 says he divided the waters which are above and the waters which were beneath And he used a firmament, and he called that firmament heaven, capital H-E-A-V-E-N. And God walked with Adam in the cool of the day. He lived in a garden. In Genesis 1, it begins with the garden. In Revelation 21 and 22, it ends with the garden. It ends with no tree of the knowledge of good and evil and no snake in this garden. It ends with the heavens and the earth brought back together in one. Hallelujah. And it's brought together in the person of Jesus Christ that in the dispensation of the fullness of times, he would gather together in one all things in heaven and all things that are earth, even in him. I had a friend, and I, I, I don't want to believe at this point, but I had a bishop friend, my best friend. Had a stroke. He was 47 years old. I was preaching a meeting in Detroit, and the sheriff of that county called me and said, man, your bishop friend just shot himself. I said, you've got to be kidding me. I said, man, there's no way that's not true. He said, Lynn, I'm standing over his body right now. And I tell you, i got to tell you, man, that put me in a tailspin like you can't believe because he was one of my best buds. He was as close to me as a brother. And so I struggled with that for a long time. And I came home and my daughter-in-law said to me, she said, my daughter-in-law's a doctor. She said, you wouldn't be mad at him if he died from a heart attack, would you? I said, no. You wouldn't be mad at him if he died from a stroke, would you? No. She said, his brain is an organ. It malfunctioned. So I was worried about him for a long time. Again, you can, y'all probably, I probably, I'm almost hesitant to even talk about this stuff because people think you're crazy. But about a month or two later, I was in a hotel room. And he walked in that hotel room and talked to me and he said, I'm all right. I'm sorry I left you too soon. And he said a few things to me. My wife knows that I'm not emotional. I don't get physically, I don't get emotionally like I do right when I'm talking about this stuff. But she could see I was visibly moved. She said, I know something really, you had some kind of experience because I could see it all over you. I had a second event with that. Now, that time it could have been a dream. I might have been in the body or out of the body. I don't know. But it was very real to me. And all I'm simply trying to tell you is our loved ones are not as far away as you think they are. They are very much alive, and in light of eternity, we're going to see them. And what Paul is saying is, I don't want you to be ignorant about this, that you saw or not, even as others which don't have any hope. Because them that sleep in Jesus, God did bring with Him. And then from now on, those of us alive and remain will be caught up together within the clouds, watch this, to meet the Lord in the air. Here's what's really cool. The Greek word for air there is not oranus. It's A-E-M-I. And Strong's Concordance translates it to breathe or to expire or to exhale. What he's simply saying is the moment you take your last breath, to be absent from the body, is present with the Lord. That's what changed from then on out. Believers don't sleep that's the mystery and that was also hung first corinthians 5 15 the very last verse hangs that on the fact that he says the strength of sin is the law and it's what gives death a sting but in the removal of the law and the old covenant because when the temple was destroyed now the way into the most holy place was made available, and those who could not ascend into heaven up till then was now open. And that's why the temple of God was opened in heaven, and it was seen in his temple, the ark of his testament. They're alive and well. Hallelujah. I think I've covered that pretty good. Amen. And so with that, I'm gonna... I am excited to announce the release of my latest book titled, The Great I Am.